We are also on Twitch TV. The address for you is twitch.tv backslash. I did it again. I fucking did it again. Backslash Proven Gamer. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Mark. Hello everyone and welcome to Trophy Horse. This is episode 309 and I assure you, you have never seen a two-headed dragon quite like this. This week you've got your host, Alex, and alongside me, he brings the awesome every week, it's Yield. What's the, what's the business? I'll steal Troy's. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, you better be careful there. I know, copyright. People, well people start hearing that catchphrase on the, on the show... They're going to start thinking that, Tr- that Troy's on his way back. And uh, as much as we all want that, it's just not uh, not in the cards. I know. I, I love flashback there. An, an homage. And I, I was gonna, actually going to say, yield never never yields in Warhawk. And th- you know, I was thinking about that before the show because you and I met actually in Warhawk. Did you get big into Starhawk? I tried to. And I just, I, I, enjoyed, the, I enjoyed what I played at the beta. And then when the game came out, I, I enjoyed the single player part of it, but I just the the multiplayer part of it just didn't it, it didn't click. I enjoyed the whole calling calling things down from space to build, but it basically kind of just turned into a a mad dash as soon as the game started to especially capture the flag. It was just a mad dash to run over to the base, grab the flag, and run back. I never actually played Starhawk, and given how much I how much time I spent in Warhawk, it's kind of surprising that I never did. It just the whole base building kind of thing. Like, I guess it's the natural progression of of the series and them trying to add more. But I just kind of never. It just didn't seem that enticing to me, really. I I liked the whole space western. I thought I thought that was really cool, and and I I even said I forget who it was too, but that you could. You could really make a whole game, just you know, just a single player game around that whole concept of a space western. You know, that's a studio we haven't seen much from lately. Lightbox, I think they did. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't. I, yeah, I think they did. I don't know if they did Starhawk. Dylan Job. Dylan Job. Yeah, they went. They've kind of gone more uh, social games. They came out with a. Uh, oh, I ain't got my iPad near me. I can't. It, it was kind of a. Uh, a space a space pirate game where you kind of you you got a, a spaceship you know your 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 pirate spaceship and then you would go and you would basically plunder other ships or planets and then you wanted to get a bigger ship and you kind of kept going throughout you know space and doing that and i know that job worked on recore for the xbox 1 i don't know if the whole studio did or if he just did and I ha- and I had don't I don't know what they're up to now. That's a studio we should see more of. Yes, because Lightbox did some great work. Yes, they did. All right, well we'll get get into our updated trophy counts now. Tricky, of course, without internet. And actually, this is a good time to pull away from Tricky as far as trophies go. He's at the same peak he was last week. He's level thirty three, total trophy count of eight thousand two hundred thirty nine, and his platinum count is seventy seven. Yield, what are your trophies this week? Oh, uh, let's see here. I am at a level 25 with a trophy count of 4727 and a platinum of 71. And I am at level 29. I have 6,178 total trophies and I have 89 platinums in 88 games. Working on number 90, but not there quite yet. And since I'm not ready to let go just yet, we'll we'll do Lucia for old time's sake. Especially since he said he was after last week's show, that he was going to get another Platinum, and I don't think he actually did, because he's still on the cusp of 29 at 28, level 28 and 99%, but he's got 7,227 7, total trophies, he's got 41 Platinum. So I don't think he got that one he said he was going to get last week, so Lou should make that happen for us. Yield, what have you been playing this hot summer week? 
Well, let's and actually, here. you started you started vacation, didn't you, this week? Yes, I was on shutdown this week, so so I, I've been able to get some gaming in. Uh, I, I've tried to play some dangerous golf. Uh, I just checked my email, and uh, it, it looks like my save must be corrupted because I haven't been able to get. I, I can I can log into the game. I can pick my course. I, I can pick my country. I can pick what course I want to play on, and then as it's trying to load. About 30 seconds later into loading, I just get an error and the game kicks off. So, Three Fields Entertainment just emailed me back and said it looks like my save might be corrupted. Which is no huge loss because I've already played through the single player. I was just playing through co-op. so, And I wasn't that far, I wasn't that far into it, so that's awesome. I was going to say, doesn't that impede you getting some trophies though? or I, I hope not, because... Th- I mean, I could play through. I could play through the game again. It's a hundred holes. It's it's it's. A, you said that you you said that you got the you played through the single player already. But are yeah. there were there do you, were there any more trophies you needed for single player? No, I you can get them in co op as well. So whatever I was missing, I was missing a couple of uh, signature smashes and a f- couple of smash headlines, and you can get those in co op. Okay, so you you actually probably haven't lost any time at all on your platinum run. No, not really. I mean, I'll have to re-earn those smash those signature smashes and the smash headlines that I had in single player because needless to say, if I delete my save file, then I won't have uh, uh, unless their server saves it, I won't have credit for that. So that's not uh, totally a huge deal because there was only like I don't know fifteen or twenty signature smashes to unlock so i'll just have to go into go into my file because i can go in there and look see what i have write it down and then just make sure that on every hole that something like that appears on i do that to get it but besides that i played some manis burn racing someone on the uh playstation trophies.org community needed some help with uh their online trophies so i helped that person out um Played some screen cheat, which I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I'll have to pick that game up. You played screen cheat last week, correct? Maybe I did. Okay, I did. Sorry, I didn't play that this week. I did fire up Hardware Rivals just for the heck of it one night. I was bored, and as much as I enjoy that game, I severely suck at that game. Well, it sounds like your your relationship with that game is like my relationship with bowling. I'm terrible at bowling, but I still love to play it. Yes, exactly. Uh, got back into Mad Max, you know, plugged on my way through that. I enjoy that game, and that game is on, of course, by the time you hear this, a midsummer sale will be over with, but that game's on sale for 8 bucks this week. So, if you like big open worlds, that's a game to play. I mean, you really, when you drive from one section of the map to the other... It really takes you some time to drive over there. Now, you can fast travel, but what's the fun in that? I don't know. I kind of like fast traveling in Horizon Zero Dawn quite a bit. I kind of appreciate really? fast travel. I, I, don't, I, I used it a couple times because I was like I was all the way over on one side of the map. And I was like, ooh, I didn't go explore over there. And I want to go there next. But I don't want to spend 20 minutes walking or trying to find a, a mount and ride over there. So I'll fast travel. So I, I, I have fast traveled like two or three times, but for the most part, I'm like, I'm going to walk or ride because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then uh, lastly, I, oh, no, not lastly, I was over at a buddy's house and played some uh, Jackbox Party, some of those games uh, with him and his kids, but uh, Jackbox Party 1 and 2 and had some fun with that. And then finally, I fired up Birds of Steel on the PlayStation 3. And I'm having fun with that. Now, what is Birds of Steel? It makes me think of hard of Rocket Birds hardballed chicken. See, th- that's what my buddy thought. No, it's not that. It's a uh, World War II uh, flying game. No, no surprise there. You really like your air combat games. I do, and 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 like most air combat games, I suck at killing humans, but I'm pretty good at killing the computer. Nice. And in all situations, I'd say that's a better thing. Probably. Uh, that's all you've been playing. That's it. Alright, so if you've seen me on PSN, or if you listened to last week's show, you can probably guess what I've been playing. I've been playing some more Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, and as it turns out, the game is harder 
than you remember. There's actually a reason for that, and we'll get into it during our news topics. Still having a lot of fun with Crash. I, I, I really enjoy revisiting the series. It's To me, the gameplay still holds up, even with the higher difficulty. But seeing everything just in a much higher, like a much better looking game is is really just bringing back a lot of great memories from when I was younger, and even like making new memories with this game. So I really hope that anyone who never played the Crash games, who maybe had just a Nintendo 64 and never got a PlayStation, I really hope that they take the opportunity to play these games, because they really are just gems from the past. And I hear the game's doing, selling really well, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. A lot of the levels, especially the time trials, are really difficult, and people compare. I've been comparing this game to like the Dark Souls series, which I, I don't think at all. I think it's more like the Donkey Kong series, which is another famous platformer. I think you know Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country Returns, like those games. You played through them, and they were hard, and you died a lot, but you still persevered through the levels because you knew, okay, well if I just do this, I'll be fine. Like I'll get better as time goes on, and it's kind of like that with Crash. So I feel I would liken Crash more to the Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country games of the SNES and then the Donkey Kong Country Returns, which came out on the Wii. But one of the things I've noticed is that, you know, you're going through the game and the levels are pretty are pretty hard, but then you get to the boss fights and the boss fights are laughably easy. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember, like, the design, they're not, the, they're just, their design is just pretty simplistic. Which, I mean, again, this is a PS1 game, so it's not like you're going to have, like, some Shadow of the, Coloss bo- Shadow of the Colossus bosses. But at the same time, one of the one of the hardest bosses that I remember, or one of the bosses that I feared the most when I was younger, playing on the PS One, was Pinstrip Poduru. And you know he's like this almost like weasel like character, got a suit on. He's kind of like a gangster with his machine gun. And you know you're in a small office with him, and he's, he's got a machine gun, and you're hiding behind furniture, so you're you're kind of at a, an extreme disadvantage. And going back and playing him playing him again, it kind of exposes his design because he's really easy to beat. I mean, Papu Papu, everyone knows he's easy. Everyone, he was the first boss of the series. You know, everyone remembers him being easy. But everyone from, you know, Dr. Embryo to Pinstrip to Kuala Kong, they're all really easy. So as much as I'm enjoying the game and seeing these characters in a new light, it, it kind of like sheds a little light on the des- how far boss fights have come since the PS1 days. Uh, I still recommend Crash highly. But that is one thing that I noticed is the stark difference between the levels, the platforming the levels, and then just the boss fights. But to be fair, Vicarious Visions, they were faithful in rebuilding this game and all these games from the earlier series. So you got to give them credit for that, where they didn't really try to tamper with a whole lot. So really, that's all I've been playing, trying to get through Crash Bandicoot, get that platinum. I'm about four trophies away, so I'm I'm almost there. Not quite, but I got to get through a few more time trials and get a few more gems. But now, now... The time trials, do, do they give you, do they, what I, like to call, do, what I like to call fudge room, or are they pretty close to where you really can't make a mistake? If you want to get the platinum relic, you have to have a near flawless run. And, you know, a lot of times, like, I would go through a time trial, run through a level, and I was like, hey, I'm doing really great. And I would get to the end, and it's like, oh, you get a sapphire, which a sapphire is essentially, like, the equivalent of a bronze. It's the third place. It's the, it's the worst that you can get but still get a relic so i was like wow the the trophy requirement which deals with getting all the relics you have to get a gold or better so you can get a gold trophy a gold relic on every level or you can get a platinum so that makes it a little easier the fact that you can you can get a gold instead of a, a platinum on every single level but still like some of the harder levels like the high road and slippery climb they're, you know, they're difficult just to get through, but then when you add the element of the time trial where you have to go through without dying or making a whole lot of mistakes, that makes it even harder. So there's not a lot of fudge room. Again, easier to get the gold than the platinum, and that you know makes the trophy a little easier to get, but still, there's not a lot of room for error in these levels. Gotcha. But still, you know, satisfying to play through, and when you do beat those hard time trials, very satisfying. Like, I have raised my hands in the air numerous times and been like yes after playing you know slippery climb time trial for two hours so i was just curious about your crash I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff fly across the interwebs about it being very difficult and that's a game that i plan on picking up at like christmas or black friday i, I guess we'll we'll get into that first because i still recommend that you get it but yeah the difficulty is harder than the original games reason being is that Vicarious Visions and Activision, when they were rebuilding the games, 
they didn't have the original source code. They didn't have access to that. So Vicarious Visions had to rebuild these games from the ground up. Oh, wow. The fact that they have been so faithful to, re- to recreating the levels and the bosses and the characters is actually like a testament to their hard work and their dedication. So a big shout out to Vicarious Visions for that. But the jumping physics and the platforming physics is where they kind of fudged with it a little bit. So Crash originally had a, like a, a flat box hit detection. So like a hit detection, like if an enemy touches you in a certain way or like you're a certain distance from an enemy, that, that hit box will take away a life or take away your tiki mask that's protecting you. They changed the hit box from a, a flat box to a pill-shaped box. And this makes a lot of sense to me because in a lot of the levels when there's like fire beneath me and I'm trying to jump over like a torch or something, I can clearly see myself jumping over safely, jumping safely over the flame, but yet I'll still get knocked and, and hurt because of the hit detection. I, you know, I'm clearly over, but for some reason the pill shape makes me hit the fire when I actually don't touch it with the character. And Crash's jumping arc also has been sped up, which kind of plays a little bit, makes it a little bit harder to get through a lot of the platforming sections of the game. So basically, they integrated a, a hit detection and a platforming system, platforming physics, more akin to what you would see in a game today, as opposed to what was developed for the original Crash game. So you're playing a Crash, an old school Crash game with physics that were developed in recent years, and that's kind of where it gets harder. So that's why the game actually seems harder, is because the jumping physics are different. Okay, gotcha. So it's you know it's it's still very possible to get through all the levels, but again, you're gonna have to you know a la Donkey Kong Country, you're gonna have to play through levels again and again, and you'll get frustrated. But eventually, if you put enough determination and hard work into it, you're gonna you're gonna get through. So basically, so basically, in a way, you gotta re reteach yourself how to play the game. In a way, yes. I mean, it's still because you know you've if you've played Crash before, you know how it works. You know how to defeat enemies. You remember the bosses. You kind of know how everything works, so it still kind of feels at home, but you, you have to get used to the new jumping mechanics. As someone who hasn't played the game yet, it doesn't have it, does that change how you're, the, the appeal of the game to you? No, because I remember playing, I, I played the first, you know, I, I picked up the first one when I had a, a PlayStation 1, and I, I still, I wanted to play them again, I wanted to play the second and the third one, and so it, it doesn't change my, my mind towards getting it one bit. I will say that I started with Crash Bandicoot, the original, because it's obviously the first one in the series in sequential order. But man, I really want to get through this game so I can get to Crash Crash 2 and Crash Warped. Because those, the games get better as they go on because Naughty Dog iterated and, you know, they added more to each game. But they also improved everything. So I, Crash Warped is the best one. Crash 2 was an improvement on the first one. And while the first one isn't the best of the Crash games, it's still a lot of fun. It's still a really good game. And as as we said... A very, very satisfying platinum when you attain it. Because, again, it does take quite a bit of effort and desire not to throw your tro- your, your controllers <laughs> to get Ac- through it. Across the room. Yeah, I haven't thrown my controller yet, and I, I don't really want to. So I'm, I'm holding back. I always remember, hey, if you break that controller, that's another 50 bucks. Yeah. I'll, I will glue this sucker to my hand. I will do whatever I have to. I will tie rubber bands around it and, and rubber band it to my hand. But we'll... We'll not be throwing this like a boomerang across the across the room. Oh, and I just want to say before we move on, uh, the story, we got that from a story on Destructoid.com. But when I finally do earn that Platinum Trophy, I know it's going to sink faster than ever before to Sony's servers, because now PS4 trophies sink much quicker than before. Only problem is they don't sync automatically, so you still have to go to the submenu on the, the home screen there when you turn on your PS4, and you still have to actually go in and manually sync the trophies to Sony servers. And, you know, quite frankly, I like to personally sync after I earn a single trophy. Like, I will earn a trophy, and then I will go back to the menu, and I will sync the trophy right away. Really? That may, be, that may be a little bit of paranoia on my part, but it's so easy to get from the game to the home screen that it doesn't feel like it's a, really an impediment on me. Gotcha. I always wait until I'm, I'm done playing the game, and then right before I shut the system off, I go over and sync my trophies. You're playing a dangerous game there, sir. What happens? I mean, after my PS3 died, 
and I lost, you know, all my save files, and I lo- basically would have been much, much more effort to go back and try to get the Vanquish Platinum. On top of the effort that it already takes to get that Platinum, I kind of am like, you know what, I'm going to play it safe, and I'm just going to sink as often as I need to. No, that, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Because I remember, you know, stories of, of Donnie used to used to take a week or so to sink because of lack of internet, and it's just like, oh, oh, you know what, I worked hard for this trophy. Some of those trophies you got to work damn hard for, and, and I definitely want credit for that. Yield is something, is, is automatic trophy syncing. I think they, I believe they have it on the Xbox 360 where your, your achievements sync automatically. I would say that's something that we need on the PlayStation 4, although if Sony could make it readily available to us, I don't think they'd be withholding it. I think that if it wasn't something that was difficult for them to do, like, I figure that it would be out there already. You would think, I thought we kind of had it with being plus members. I thought it automatically, they automatically sync, but that, that, but that might be if you leave your system on. You know, and, and rest mode or all that stuff. Well, I, I think maybe what you're thinking about is that... Well, I mean, if you're if you're in rest mode, you're obviously not playing the game, so they won't automatically sync. I don't know if you're thinking that maybe they you can set it to where they sync once a day or something like that. See, that's what I'm thinking. I, I thought maybe that once a day they automatically synced. Not not that, you know, you, you know, a trophy popped, so in a minute or two, it'll sync to the server. Well, yeah, I think maybe what you're thinking about is, is the fact that you can, you know, some games will say, hey, do you want to automatically upload your save files to the cloud? And you can pick yes or no before you start a game. Is that maybe what you're thinking of? That could be. I just, I I thought at one time that was available. Yeah, so it, it, unless I am, we're off completely off base on this, I don't think there's a way to auto-sync trophies. Yield, you got anything else to say on this? I'm, su- I'm surprised that they haven't made that, like, mandatory or put that in any updates yet. Well, a lot of people would probably say that it's surprising that you can't change your username, but... No, that's that, that, that's true, too. To, to be honest, like, I understand that why people want that, but at the same time, like, I've had the same name since I joined the network, and I'm still fine with my name. I, I was gonna say, I can understand for that for uh, the younger generation. You know, like, like l- l- let's say you picked a name when you were 13 and this was your online name. And now here you are, you are now in your twenties and that awesome name that you picked when you were 13 just doesn't seem as awesome as it did back then. I could understand why you would want to change it then, but you know, trying to keep everything linked to that name, I think would be hard. Just don't choose a stupid name like Nitro Basset Hound or Ladies Man blah 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 a la Sam Witwicky and Transformers. But I guess we all have those names that we, we kind of grow tired of. And it's like, hey, you know, this is a much better name. I, I've never wanted to change my name, and I, I know that you've never wanted to change your name. Tricky has his name. So it just seems like n- nobody that I know actually wants to change their name. Yeah, I've, n- not that I've run into. You know, the only reason I say that is because, like, I know my nephew had a name, and and that's what he played under for years. And then when he kind of got his own system, he cre- he basically dumped that profile and created a whole new profile. Well, JT, one of the the famous listeners here of Trophy Horrors, and probably one of the most famous Trophy Horrors ever, actually has two profiles on the PSN, and one he started probably less than a year ago. Had to start over from zero platinums. Is working his way back up. I I would not be willing to do that. Be, I would be like, you know what, my name. If I don't like my name, I'll just I'll just deal with it because I don't want to have to go back and earn all those platinums again. I got I got more important things to do, like play Crash Bandicoot. Exactly. And as much as I enjoy Crash, it still isn't really my favorite game of the year. I realize it's a game from from yesteryear, from years ago, but. My my favorite gaming moments of this year have come from Horizon Zero Dawn, and if you read my review, if you heard me talk about it on the podcast, you know how much I like that game and how much I, I vouch for that game, and just how I think that game catapulted Guerrilla Games to a level that is up with Naughty Dog now, and, and Insomniac, and Sucker Punch, and so many of the other great developers who put out games on the PlayStation platform, so still nothing but love for, for Guerrilla Games and Horizon Zero Dawn. They've got DLC coming out. But a recent article posted on the PlayStation blog details patch 1.30. 
basically some some progression fixes, but mostly it'll introduce New Game Plus, as well as an ultra-hard difficulty setting that you can pick for New Game Plus. You're still capped at level 50, so if you're at level 50, you can't go beyond that, but you can still collect XP throughout the game. And, you know, obviously the appeal of New Game Plus is that you get to keep everything you collected. So this might actually, you know, bring a few people back to Horizon Zero Dawn and say, you know what, I'd like to play through the game again, maybe on a hard difficulty. Uh, To me, as as a trophy owner who has 100% in Horizon Zero Dawn and who's already played it enough, this kind of goes brings me back to The Last of Us. And if you remember, The Last of Us added higher difficulty levels and also extra trophies for those higher difficulty levels. And as of right now, it took my 100% down to 69% completion as far as trophies go for The Last of Us. I really want to play Frozen Wilds. I don't necessarily want to go back and play Horizon Zero Dawn this quickly since beating it back in March. Going through the game itself again doesn't really sound that enticing to me at the moment, maybe a few years down the road. So the fact that my trophy count's going to go from 100%, my completion's going to go from 100% to, you know, something else because of two trophies... Basically, it, it missed me a little bit. I mean, it, it's it's a silly thing to get miffed about, so I'm not, you know, irritated, but I, I wish that I would still see that 100% next to the game. Yeah, I, I can understand that. The uh, I, I updated the game because I wanted to see how many trophies they added with it. I hadn't read online that it was just two. And I saw that, and I'm just like, wow, only two trophies and... You know, you may have to play through the game twice to get, or two more times to get both those trophies. I was just like, I, I, I don't know in the sense of, of if that's all I'm playing for, plus, you know, a slightly, a slightly better weapons than what I've already got. If it's worth it, you know, because the we- the the weapons only get better by the fact that you get an extra modification slot for each weapon let me ask you yield did are these gold trophies are they silver trophies one is a bronze trophy for beating the game on new game plus and then beating the game on new game plus ultra hard is a silver so it's really not going to affect your percentage that much see i think it should be at least a gold if you're going through something on ultra hard it seems like you should at least get a gold for that i would think so I mean, if if ultra hard unlocks because you've beat the game, then you could, in essence, get both trophies in one playthrough. Because the the bronze one is just beat new game plus on any difficulty. But if ultra hard isn't unlocked from the get go, then you know you're playing the game multiple times, which isn't a bad thing if you really really enjoy the game. But a game that massive, I need more than just that. Or otherwise, I'll just, like, buzz straight through all story missions. One of the things we should note is if you choose the ultra-hard ultra, ultra hard difficulty setting, you will not be able to switch the difficulty setting throughout your gameplay. If you just go with the normal difficulty in New Game Plus, you can switch it back down to an easier one if you need to, but you cannot switch from ultra-hard. So if you, if you want to go after that trophy for ultra-hard, you better be certain of it. Actually, one of the other really cool aspects from this news article on, on PlayStation Blog the guy who posted this was the community manager from Gorilla, Jaron Roding. He said that he or she, I should say, shouldn't assume, basically said that as they were wrapping up Horizon Zero Dawn, they had a lot of ideas for characters and quests and settings, so then they started to develop the Frozen Wilds. And I know there's always a debate about, you know, when people announce DLC so quickly after games release, like, well, was it just cut from the, the final version of the game just to sell us later on the road down the road? And it seems like in this case... They did not have time to incorporate these ideas into the game, the final version of the game, so they developed it into the Frozen Wilds. And I, I think it's it's nice when a developer has says, "Hey, we've got all these great ideas, and we want to share them with you before we get our sequel out. Let's create a DLC episode." Because The Last of Us Left Behind, I enjoyed Left Behind. I thought it was a nice little addition to the Le- the Last of Us story. And I, you know, so while I'm waiting for a sequel, it's nice to have something in between. You know, something short in between to just kind of quench my thirst a little bit. Yield, are you of the same minds? Because I know Lucia said that he can wait till the sequel and not necessarily play the Frozen Wilds. And, you know, I definitely think there needs to be a certain amount of time between game sequels to where it doesn't feel like they were rushed out too quickly. But, you know, a small little chunk of content, I think, does nothing but good for the, for the game. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to that, you know, whereas, um, let me throw out like, like the, the Walking Dead has done, you know, where they had uh, season one, and then before season two came out, they gave you 400 days, and then you got season two, and then they got Mich- Michonne? Did Michonne, that, yes. Right? Then you got Michonne, and then you got, you know, episode three. I'm I'm not opposed to something like that. I, I, I never want to see a a franchise, you know, a la Assassin's Creed, where you're pumping a game out every year because one, if it's always the same crew, you always feel that something's missing because you know sooner finish one game, you're going right into another one. And if you divide it between crews, kinda of like Assassin's Creed does, here, you're working on this game and then a year later, you start this game, so that way, you know, you're constantly in a rotation. Well, Activision does that too with Call of Duty. Well, yeah, something could get missed from one set of, you know, even though I'm sure you're sharing notes and everything, something is always missing from, can be missing from one group to the next group, where if you have the same core working on it, and, you know, let's say that they come out with the Frozen Wilds, and then that's it, and they... And they, you know, now we're going to work on, for the sake of argument, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Part 2. I'm fine with that. Because I don't want this, you know, a franchise like this to turn into like an Assassin's Creed where we've got a moneymaker, so let's pump one out every year. Well, I mean, as I, I think I said in a previous episode of the podcast, I don't think Sony has shown that even with successful properties like they're really good about fostering them and nurturing them and they're not going to just throw out like an assassin's creed or guitar hero or or call of duty they're not going to give it that treatment they they want to take care of their ips especially the ones they know they can make them money you know because you didn't see uncharted every year you're not seeing the last of us every year so i think that they do a much better job of that than anyone else you know nintendo also does a good job of it but you do tend to see the same characters over and over again with Nintendo, or at least have in the past, so I think that has hurt Nintendo a little bit. But I, I think at least with Sony, they're going to put the care into these games that they need to, and they say, hey, two years, because I think two years is a, is a good amount of time between games. I agree with that. A minimum of two years. You can go, you can go longer. The other benefit, really, of this, besides extra money is that if you release the Frozen Wilds later in the year, because typically the winner of the Game of the Year award usually goes to a game that was released later in the year because it's fresher, it's newer, people, it's more recent in people's minds. If they release this DLC later in the year or even towards the end of the summer, that's going to make people remember, oh yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn was a really great game, I'm having fun with this, and you start to get a, a stronger argument for Horizon Zero Dawn for Game of the Year. Not that it necessarily needs one, and, you know, if Horizon Zero Dawn starts winning Game of the Year awards all over the place, then that's going to increase their sales again and increase even more interest in their sequel. Absolutely. So I think this is good for fans as well as the developer itself and Sony. So as every week, we've got a brand new episode of Sophie's Trophies with Sid for you. And uh, right now, we're going to stop yammering on and we're just going to throw it to our good buddy Sid. Enjoy. Hey guys, how are you doing? Sid again, back with Sophie's Trophies Episode 3. Today is a bit of news about Horizon Zero Dawn, and two new trophies that can be earned in this game. Gorilla recently released Patch 1.30, which among bug fixes and general tweaks, has also included a New Game Plus option and an Ultra Hard option. The two new trophies in question are for completing the game on New Game Plus, and also completing the game on New Game Plus in Ultra Hard Difficulty. Um, let me know what you think about this, guys. Let me know who's going to play it, who who's willing to go through the game again. I'd be really interested to know. I've got a feeling that Alex Saunders may just do it. You know, he's a big advocate of the game. But yeah, overall, I think this is a, a great thing for gamers. You know, giving people a chance to play through a game they love again, and also earn new trophies to do it. You know, let me know what you think, guys. Let me know if you're going to play through it, um, because I'd be interested to know how many people are going to do this. Um, you can email me, Sid, at ProvingGamer.com, or send me a PSN message, Sidders1978, that's S-I-D-D-E-R-S, 1978. You know, let me know what you think, guys. I'd be interested to know. 
Okay, talk to you soon, guys. Keep getting those trophies. All right, and we're back. We hope you enjoyed the latest installment of Sophie's Trophies. And, you know, Sid Sid wants your, your opinions. He wants to hear back. He wants your feedback. So be sure to to hit Sid back with whatever your opinion is, whatever topic he brings up, any trophies he brings up. Be sure to get in there and get on that discussion. Just like we encourage you here on Trophy Horrors, get in multiple levels of discussion. It's inception levels of discussion here on Trophy Horrors. And we'll we'll plant a little bit, we'll plant a seed in your head here with our topic of the week, get you thinking, get that brain going before we start another week. And Yield, I've come up with a topic of the week for us to discuss, and given that Crash Bandicoot seems to be doing so well in his newer, newer self, in his, his furrier, furrier self than he used to be, less polygons, what is a game series from the PS1 that you would like to see get the remake treatment? Because I think we've agreed that remaking a game or re-releasing a game from like PS2 or PS3, certainly PS3 is a little bit too soon. Yes. Whereas from the PS1 days, you know, the PS1 came out in, you know, the mid-90s, so we're 20 years beyond that. It feels a little bit more legitimate to have a game like that come out. So I think that Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is a great way to introduce new players to Crash Bandicoot, as well as people who grew up on Crash Bandicoot to reintroduce them to the character and get to create more memories as well as relive old memories that they've had. I don't disagree with that. Uh, my PS1 classic, hands down, uh, Siphon Filter. You are a big fan of Sony Bend. I, I am. That that game was absolutely amazing. I, I remember just playing the heck out of that game, waiting for the second one to come out, picking it up, and the same as soon as the third one hit, you know, going and buying the double disc and and playing right through it because it had a you know a really you know captivating story and the that, that that taser that would reach up to the heights of the building and fry somebody was just awesome. Well, and you, you've been actually calling for a sequel to that game for many, many years. And it's not just, you know, Sony Ben that you like. You actually just really enjoy Siphon Filter as a whole. I do. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if they said, hey, look, we're going to, you know, the Crash Bandicoot it. We're going to polish it up and we're going to re-release it. Awesome. I'd buy all three. If they were to turn around and do the Crystal Dynamics treatment to Tomb Raider and go, hey, we're going to bring you a new Siphon Filter game, but we're starting over. All right, awesome. I, I, I would like to see it on a current-gen console. You know, what changes would you do to it? Because you're not really going to change the characters. They, they have it in Tomb Raider. so it, it, it would certainly be purdy. It would be very purdy, just like Crash Bandicoot. It would. Okay, si- Siphon Filter is your runaway choice. No no yes. honorable mentions or anything like that. No. See, the thing for me is, I didn't. You know, I bought a PlayStation 1 before I bought a Nintendo 64, but I still probably supported the Nintendo 64 with more money because there were you know quite a few games on the PlayStation 1 that I really liked. I really liked the Spider-Man game on PlayStation 1 where you didn't necessarily have an open world. You had like levels that you went through and completed like you would in a lot of games. There was also the Mega Man X games. Like, I really enjoyed the Mega Man Ooh, X games. Those were good. I think those would be great to recreate and to remaster, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be my top choice, though. I just thought of another one of, I would give an honorable mention for, and that would be Demolition Racer. Okay. Did, did, did you play that on the PlayStation? No, but it sounds like some sort of car combat game. It is. So what you did, for those who've never played it, it, it got panned score-wise. Like, you know, all, all the big magazines and websites, if you were, at that time, panned it. But it had a real big underground following. You know, people were like, well, this game's really not as bad as everybody says it is. So what you did was, you would go on a, on a, on a predetermined racetrack, and it was what it was. It was. You know, you had to beat and bang the cars as you went from, you know, you always started in the back of the pack. So you would make your way up, and you wanted to T-bone them, hit him in the rear, smash him, come off a ramp, land on top of him to instantly kill him, and you accumulated points. But at the same time, you would also lose health points. Now, there was a couple of instances on the track that was health that either you or the computer could pick up. So you wanted to beat and bang your way to the front of the, tr- to the, to the top of the, uh, to the front of the pack. And where you finish the race, they would multiply your 
they'll say hit points times, I forget how many points it was per position. So if you finished first, you got, let's say, a, multi a multiplier of 10, whereas if you finished second, you may only get a multiplier of 8. So you had to balance aggressiveness of, you know, beating and banging your car to get as many points as you could to, okay, I think I've got enough points. i got to watch the health of my car. Now I need to get to the front to try to get a higher, you know, multiplier. So it was... It, it was just, it was just a really fun game because it had you know both aspects you know you could finish fourth and still technically win the race because by the time they added up all your points you could have more points than everybody in front of you so then you would win the race. I kind of like that idea the the strategy of balancing points and actual position within the race. Yeah, because you you, you couldn't if you just took off and led every lap. Well, you weren't there, there's nobody to hit. So therefore, the person in second place is probably going to beat you because they're back there beating and banging their way to the front. So it it was more enjoyable that way because it it was a, it wasn't your typical racing game to where it's just get out in front and and leave everybody in the dust. You had to you, you had to kind of you wanted to fight your way up there, but yet not beat your car up too much, so that way you could still take off and race to the front. Because, like I said, there was only like one or two health blocks, so to speak, that you could collect to give you some more hit points back. And it could, and it could be picked up by either you or the computer. It wasn't a, oh, this is for you only. Nah, the, the computer could, you know, be racing with you and collect it. And it's like, oh, well, there goes that. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. And given back in those days, there was no shortage of car combat games, and it's it's nice that they didn't just put you in arena and say, "Hey, battle it out!" A la my pick for the remaster. I, I I thought there's a couple. You know, I've had some honorable mentions here, but if I'm gonna remaster a game from the PS1 era, it's got to be Twisted Metal 2. Never played it. A lot of people consider that to be the best Twisted Metal game. I would say it's Twisted Metal Black from the PS2. But I, I think that Twisted Metal 2 was a fantastic improvement upon the original Twisted Metal, and it, it, it was one of those standout PS1 games. And I think that with a new coat of paint, better graphics, better frame rates, like I really think that that game could be something, another like hit multiplayer game that people would enjoy bringing out when they've got friends over, or if you like play online, like because Twisted Metal Black released an online version for the PS2, they could have an online version of Twisted Metal 2, and I think that would be great. So, I mean, I that was one of those games that went, for the PS1 era for me was a standout. I enjoyed playing it. I went over to a friend's house and we play, we went down to his basement and we played Twisted Metal. It was just, it was a fantastic game. So that would be the game that I would want to see remastered. And But I also think the original Warhawk would be a great game to remaster and re-release. But still don't want it as much as Twisted Metal 2. You know, and I, I missed that on the PlayStation. Uh, I will say, I'm almost embarrassed to say, that I had Warhawk on the PlayStation, but I actually don't think I played it more than once or twice. And, you know, granted that I was probably 10 or 11 around the time that I had it, it I, I don't know if it was just the game didn't appeal to me or it was too hard for me, but I, I just remember not playing it very much, but I did have it. I I got to the PlayStation late. My, my brother got one. I was still on the, you know, the N64 and all that. But I had, I, I picked up, like, uh, the games I had for, I had a Crash, and I had the Demolition Racer. I played the SmackDown games. Uh, I, I was big into Soviet and Nuclear Strike. I, I really liked that whole aspect of those games that had, you know, it had a, uh, it had a real, a, a real video cutscene. It wasn't a CGI cutscene, cut you know what I'm saying? It actually had actors portraying in your cutscene. I thought that was really cool at the time. And, you know, the, the, the kind of the top-down, not quite top-down, but, you know, uh, the helicopter game. I really enjoyed that. So those were my kind of quirky PlayStation games. And I, know I played Siphon Filter. I did Driver. Driver was an excellent game. They, they made that. They made a PS3 version. Kind of went back to their roots. I do remember Driver, and I also remember Stuntman. Do you remember Stuntman? Yes! I had that. I loved that. The one for the three wasn't... It, it was good, but it just it it was missing something that that the PS2 or the PS1 had. 
it was it was just so much different, like having to recreate stunts in like a Hollywood setting. Like it doesn't seem like it would be a good idea, but it's actually pretty fun to play. It was. There was a couple. I remember the one that was kind of like the Dukes of Hazard one, where where you know where you had to beat the train, jump through the train, jump through a barn. And it would always show a replay at the end of the level, so it's like, oh my god, that looks awesome. Yeah, of 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 the stunts that you did. And it would have like pyrotechnics go off or like flames go off at certain points through certain stunts. And it's like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Yeah. Crash effects. You know, I also want to mention, you mentioned some of the other games that you had for the, P- the PlayStation 1. You know, I had the Crash games. I had Mega Man X4 and X5. I had Street Fighter Alpha 3, which I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that game put out again. But given how many Street Fighter games we see these days, I'm sure people are fine with their Street Fighter needs those are being met especially with how they're being gouged with dlc and and paid characters and all that nonsense season passes but another game that i want to mention i remember the name of but i played it once or twice i can't remember it that well project overkill do you remember that game yield i remember the name but i never played it listeners if you had project overkill or played it and can i I guess i can just go to youtube and look it up but i want to hear this from a listener and see if someone actually remembers that game because i like i said i bought it and i just never really played it that much that is going to bring us to the end of our topics for the week let's clean this shit up and we definitely need to because tricky tricky leaves it uh, a little dusty a little dirty here he doesn't always pick up after himself so is hey but, but the most important question is our 4k tv still in one piece I mean, it's got a big crack in it, but oh. it's probably still in one piece. Does it still work, though? I I don't know. I mean, a phone a phone works with a cracked screen often, but we'll have to ask. I feel like that might be driving the nail deeper if we have to <laughs> TV still works. Although he said he is playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate right now, so I would assume so. Although I wouldn't put it past Tricky to have, like, three spare TVs. That is true. Given how much of a technology whore he is. Yes. Yeah, and you know he's just sitting there playing games, not unpacking shit. No, no, he's like, he's like, man, you wait until I log back on, and I'm gonna upload all these trophies and platinums, and go boom. <laughs> Next time he gets on to record, whenever he gets his internet back, he is going to be surrounded by just a bunch of boxes. We're not gonna be, see, be able to see the goddess or Sweet Mama D or a wall or anything. It's just gonna be him surrounded by boxes. And like, tricky. How about you stop taking so many damn smoke breaks and start cleaning out your apartment? Anyway, if you are a ta- if you have a certain talent, if you're a good writer, a podcaster, a video editor, if you're a news reporter, if you have an enthusiasm or love or passion for any of those things, we want your help. As always, we are looking for talented people to join ProvenGamer.com. There's a link on the front page of Proven Gamer. Just go there, click it, and fill out all the necessary information, and one of us will get back to you when all that's done, and we have a chance to look over it. More than likely, that will be tricky because, well, tricky is always the one to look that stuff over. We, the rest of us, we're, we're too busy with, you know, playing Crash Bandicoot and earning the Horizon Platinum. Tricky doesn't know much about that. No. While you're on ProvenGamer.com, check out all the articles we put out, reviews, editorials, news pieces. There's a lot of content there, so definitely check it out. We also have a Twitch channel for Proven Gamer. It's twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. And if you, that's where you can watch all your favorite Proven Gamer Twitchers. I don't know if that's a thing. It seems like it'd be part of Urban Dictionary or terminology used on Twitter, but we're going to call it a thing on here. You you can subscribe to all your favorite Proven Gamer gamers, see what they're playing. You know, Tricky loves his Lego games. Once he gets his internet back, I'm sure that he is going to continue his run, his tilt to get every Lego game trophy ever, ever made, ever made. Go for all those easy platinum so he can catch up to me and get even further from yield. But yes, you can subscribe to your favorite Proven Gamer Gamers. It's going to cost you a little bit of money unless you are an Amazon Prime member. But, you know, we, of course, put out a lot of great content for you for free. And I'm sure that anyone who gets a subscription will be more than grateful for it. So uh, consider that. Go to twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. Contact info. How can you get in touch with us if you even really want to? I would hope so. We're all on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, you can contact Tricky Mick at, at Tricky Mick. I'm at Sondasaurus Rex. Yield is at I yield to no one. And we, of course, also, we're going to give a shout out to Lucia because Lucia has been such a great hope for such a while. You can contact Lucia at the underscore ion vein. You can also call us at our phone number. Yield, what is our phone number? 330 Proven 9. That's 330 776 8369. You do that so well, better than really anybody else. 
I, I try. I, I changed it up a little this week. I didn't do my, my German nine. Got to switch it up. Yep, every once in a while. Got to keep them on their toes. And if you like this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other great podcasts on the Proving Gamer Podcast Network. We haven't put out an episode of PG Spoilers in a while, but every once in a while it comes back from the dead like a shambling zombie. Probably the laziest shambling zombie ever. I blame Tricky. He probably lost the episodes. Just like that. It always comes back to Tomb Raider. It always comes back to Tomb Raider. The struggle is real and the hurt is deep on that one. He will never hear the end of that. No, he will never hear the end of that. But we encourage you to listen to The Smart Marks, which is a wrestling-centric podcast here on the network, and the Nintendo Dual Screens with Andy and Steven. As much as we love Sony, there's a lot of really great stuff coming out for the Nintendo Switch. There's a Nintendo resurgence as of late. So definitely listen to the Nintendo Dual Screens with, with Steven and Andy. Where can you listen to Trophy Horrors? Well, if you don't want to come to ProvenGamer.com, you can always go to Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes Podcast. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to various podcast apps, Google Play, TuneIn, and we're on iHeartRadio. So you can get Trophy Horrors goodness on all those different platforms. Yield, how about you tell them how they can find us on the PlayStation 4 with our bountiful PlayStation 4 communities? So uh, the site has their own PlayStation 4 community. Uh, if you would just search for Proven Gamer, that's the website community. The Trophy Horse has our own. We have our own. Let me, let me use correct English here. Trophy Horse has their own PlayStation 4 community called T-Dubs Brothel because Shehu won't let us say whores. It's just a bunch of little asterisks. Shuhei. Shuhei. Ah, sorry. I messed it up. Shuhei won't let us say whores. It's just a bunch of little asterisks. We've tried. You, you you will be forgiven for that. We won't for, forgive Tricky for mispronouncing names, but we will forgive you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And we've even tried the space and the under... Just, they, they, they won't let us do it. We've tried. Sony is on to us. They are, they are, they are. Quite keen to the tactics we're trying to pull, to our chicanery. Yes, but we will keep trying. One of these days, we will figure something out. I have a PlayStation 4 community called the Platinum Guild. Um, if you uh, want to just basically say, hey, look... I've got the I've got this platinum, and you know, with the four, you can take a screenshot, so that way nobody can be like liar. You know, with the three, we just gotta take your word for it. But you know, if you get a hundred percent on a PSN game, or you just want to be, you know, hey, look, I got a platinum in this. You know, that's that. You know, my community is the place to come and do that too. Just make sure when you ask for an invite, be like, you know, hey, you know, trophy whores or. So and so told me about this place, and I'll let you in. So, are we now accepting hundred percent, like my hundred percent, and not a hero, or my hundred percent in the Joe Danger games? Well, those were PS3, but not a hero is a very respectable hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. If if if, if it's if, if you hundred percent something, that's like a platinum. You, they just didn't give a platinum for it. So, I I am absolutely fine. Uh, a buddy of mine got one hundred percent in in uh. Never alone. And, you know, he posted that in there because, you know, I mean, like I said, that's basically a platinum in, in, in the sense of, of what a platinum is. You know, it's, it's no different than getting a platinum and let's say, uh, oh, let's throw out a, okay, let's say now like Horizon. You know, you had 100%. Now with the update, you don't. So, you know. That's how I'm comparing it to, and I know that didn't sound at all any kind of sense at all. Well, we'll say it's, it's like getting a platinum, like, I am Mayo, or my name is Mayo. I don't even know what the name of that game is. It's either I am Mayo or my name is Mayo, but there's a platinum for that game when clearly there's should be more of a... 100%? A, well, or, yes, 100%, or here, you get, instead of trophies, you get free puzzles or free HD wallpapers. <laughs> Ew, mayonnaise, no thank you. I definitely feel like a game like even Firewatch, which is just progression trophies, or a game like Song of the Deep deserves a platinum more than that game does. Firewatch was, Firewatch was first off, was absolutely beautiful, and secondly, I really enjoyed the, the, the story. I was quite surprised of how, when you looked at that trophy list and you saw how simple it was, you're like, okay, this is just a, you know, insert Walking Dead game. And then when you actually played it, you're like, wow, there could have been like so many more trophies and easily a platinum attached to this because of just how 
of how drawn or how well developed the characters were and how good the story was. You know, I think that, and by the way, the game's name, I looked it up, it's My Name is Mayo. So we, we have a definitive answer on that. Don't really want to. I'm ashamed that I even had to look it up because I'm ashamed to even say that name, the name of that game. But Firewatch, like, that's one of those things where that, that team, uh, Campo Santo, was that? Yes. They, they developed it. They clearly, like, you know what? We just want you to play our game. We don't want you to worry about anything. We don't want to have you to worry about other than what your moral, wherever your moral compass takes you. We don't want you, want you to have to worry about getting a certain ending or anything like that. We just want you to play our game and, and live our story, and you're going to get trophies along the way. But there's not collectibles. You're just going to get, if you finish it, you get all of them. So, I mean, clearly they wanted you to focus more on the game they built and the story and the characters they created as opposed to getting trophies. Yeah. And I, I say they succeeded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, game they come up with next. And, you know, even though I did not necessarily wasn't keen on that ending to that game, I, I felt like it fell kind of flat, especially I felt because they were I, I thought they were building to something bigger, quite frankly. But the game did look beautiful and they did a great job of creating these characters that you never saw their face. But you really like those characters. And that's part of the reason I was so disappointed is because I wanted the two main characters to kind of come together and meet, not necessarily become boyfriend and girlfriend, but to at least have a face-to-face where they actually meet each other and everything they've been to together kind of comes becomes more meaningful. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. All right, good, good. Moving on to our sponsors... We are sponsored by Amazon. If you go to, if you like to shop on Amazon, and we let's be honest, it's it's easier to shop on Amazon than really actually go to the store these days. So we know you shop at Amazon quite a bit. Before you go straight to Amazon.com, be sure to stop at Proven Gamer and click the link we have on the front page of ProvenGamer.com. That'll take you to Amazon. You can do all your shopping there. It's one extra step, but it helps us out a lot with site fees and such and stuff like that. So uh, we don't think it's too much of a, a hassle to ask you to make one extra step. And I believe you only have to make, do that once. You do it once and you're golden. So help us out. Come to ProvenGamer.com and click on our Amazon link to take you right to all your shopping goodness, your retail therapy, whatever you use Amazon for, all the – put your pre-order down for the SNES Classic, whatever you want to do. Wait, do they have those? I don't think so. Oh, darn. Don't tease me like that. I would, I would hope that my friends would text me like, you get on this, because one of my friends actually has alerts set to when they actually release the pre-order for the SNES Classic, so. I, 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 I've told everybody else who can, who can watch, I'm like, if you, if you can order one, order two. Because <laughs> it'll always do that when I'm at work. Papa, Papa needs a new, or A-N-N-E-S, SNES Classic. That's right, because I, I missed, I was like, on the NES Classic, I'm like, well, I'll just wait till next Christmas, because the demand will die down, and the supply will be there, and then they're like, oh, we're done making them. Yeah, Papa doesn't need a new pair of shoes. Papa needs an SNES Classic, $80 right. worth of goodness, and two controllers. I do want to make a point about the SNES Classic. They have said, Nintendo has said that they're not going to make it beyond 2017, so even though said, I think they said that there would be a better supply than there was at the NES Classic. They're not. They're only making it this year, which since it comes out in September is about four months, three and a half months. And it just makes me think: you, if you actually produced it beyond 2017, you could make yourself. It's obvious that you could make yourself more money. But if you, if the demand is so high that people can get can't get their hands on it within the year and they can't get it, you're just going to push people towards emulators, which it seems to be what Nintendo has tried to get people away from all this time. So why not keep making these damn classic consoles, keep producing them, because they can't be that expensive since it's just 80 bucks or 60 bucks for the NES Classic. It can't be that expensive, so why don't you keep making them, and that way people don't run to emulators if they haven't already done that. Just, like, I, I don't understand Nintendo's business sense in this. I mean, Nintendo obviously has been around for such a long time. They've got smart people. They've They've I think they've recovered well after the Wii and the Wii U. They've they've done a great job coming back. Because after E3, everyone was talking about Nintendo and how great their showing was. But with these classic consoles, with people wanting to buy them just at crazy ratio, or just wanting to buy them crazily, it makes no sense for them to, to produce it for four months and then stop. No, it doesn't, but uh, apparently they, they know something we don't. No, I... I... I well maybe, but I'm not sure. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
No, it's, it's, it, it's it almost makes like no sense. Do you remember when Disney used to release like they had like the vault for all their movies and they would release them for a limited time and then they would put them back in the vault. Put them back in the vault. Yeah. Reminds me just of that. Perhaps, you know, we we got Amazon as a sponsor, but we also more importantly have Extra Life. Extra Life takes place on November 4th this year, and what you want to do to sign up is you want to go to extra-life.org and you want to sign up, you can either play as a team, so you can join a team, you can play solo or you can you create your own team. From there, you pick a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent, and then you collect donations. You talk to your friends, your family, your coworkers, you say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Support me. Support my gaming marathon. It's either 24 or 25 hours. Support my all-day gaming marathon. Get uh, either donations or sponsorships in a lump sum or you know an hourly, like $5 an hour, $1 an hour, $2 an hour, whatever they're comfortable donating. Really, what you need to tell them is that 100% of the money that you donate or sponsor me for during my marathon, is going to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that I'm representing. So 100% of the money you collect is going to benefit the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that you pick. It is The, the motto for Extra Life is play games, heal kids. It's truly a win-win situation. You get to rent, sit around playing video games all day, and the, you get to help some sick kids. And the hospitals that are represented are getting much-needed funds to help those children battle some pretty, pretty nasty diseases. So... It is a great cause. Last year, Extra Life raised over $9.2 million, and this year, it's it, we got to go for 10 Please go to extra-life.org to sign up for Extra Life this year. That is going to bring us to the end of the show, and shout-outs. Yield, please give us your shout-outs. So, uh, as always, uh, I will shout-out Alex for spending some time Sunday and recording before we dash off to go watch the Great Cojones on Fire pay-per-view. Uh, a shout out to Tricky, who is hopefully unpacking and not laying around doing nothing. A shout out to the people who, I don't know who you were, but who did the local fireworks uh, display that I went and saw. It was really cool how they were organizing it between your main show and a little sideshow that was shooting off from a bridge down the road. That was really cool coordination. And lastly... I will uh, go into the Guild Platinums, or the Platinum Guild's Platinums for this past month. Uh, Let's see here. We'll start off with Tricky, who finally posted in there that he got the LEGO Force Awakens and the LEGO Jurassic Park. Uh, Monwu 10 for The Walking Dead, A New Frontier. Uh, Telltale's Batman. Mafia 3. The Order 1886 and Killing Floor 2. That DTN for Tekken 7. That that be Do- that be Donnie. That that be Donnie. That one Seagull for Wolfenstein: The New Order and Orc Slayers, Energy Cycle and Life is Strange. The Brain 76 got 100% on Never Alone. And the uh, DLC for that, Foxtails. And uh, Placket, I'll, I'll just spell it. I tried to say it, but I can't, my brain can't work. P-A-L-A-C-Z for Tekken 7. So if you would like to hear your latest Platinums within the past month that you've earned, uh, hit me up on my PlayStation 4 community. Very nice. And I'm going to shout out first and foremost, as always, to the listeners. Thank you all very much for spending a bit of your week with us. Uh, we appreciate you all very much because, as I always say, you're the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse, and we could not have brought the show to this point and beyond without you all. So thank you for keeping the, th- the community thriving and keep growing our show. We're going we're gonna to push it as long as we can, and the, the, the future is bright for Trophy Horse. So thank you for being a part of that. Give a shout-out to Tricky, who should be getting his internet soon, so I will hopefully have to stop editing the podcast. Which, appreciation to Tricky, too. Shout out to Tricky for that, because editing a podcast takes a while, if you didn't know. Shout out to Yield with recording, recording with me. You know, it's uh, a two-man show isn't, isn't easy to do, but, you know, I think we pulled it off quite well, like a couple of superheroes. Yeah. There wasn't so many odd, or, uh, odd pauses. Yeah. We just have that natural rapport. We get that flow between us. That's right. Yeah, and it's easy when we're talking about Horizon and Crash. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, give a shout-out as well to Lucia. 
Obviously, last week, if you didn't listen, Lucia's last show, last show as a regular host was last week. So go and listen to episode 308. And, uh, you know, like I said, send some love to Lucia on Twitter, the underscore Iron Vane, for all he did for Trophy Yours and for his dedication to the show. He was, uh, he was a great host, and, you know, we, we will have him back on as a guest host in the future. But, uh, but definitely go out and give a shout-out to Lucia yourself for, what he, for all he did to help the show. Lastly, I'll give a shout-out to Vicarious Visions and Activision. I cannot believe I'm getting a shout-out to Activision, but Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is great, and I'm having a blast playing it. So thank you to Sony, Activision, and Vicarious Visions for making this happen, especially Vicarious Visions for going through and rebuilding the games without the source code. So that's going to bring us to the end of episode 309 of Trophy Whores. Thank you all for listening, and until next week, happy trophy hunting. Peace out, folks.